Section 19 of Three Science Fiction Novellas by Lee Brackett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 7 of Shawnock, The Last. Saul stared at him sickly. There's no way over the mountains. There isn't even air up there. There's a way. I found it in the ship. Trevor stood up, speaking with sudden harshness. Not a way for us all. Not now. But if three or four of us go, one may live to make it, and he could bring back men with ships for the others. He looked at Saul. Will you try it with me? The gaunt man said hoarsely, I still don't trust you, Trevor. But anything, anything to get away from that. I'll go too, Jen said suddenly. I'm as strong as Saul. That was true, and Trevor knew it. He stared at her for a long minute but he could not read her face. Saul shrugged. All right. But it's all craziness, murmured a voice. You can't breathe up there on the ridges. There's no air. Trevor climbed painfully into what was left of the twisted wreck and brought out the helmets and oxygen bottles that had survived for just this purpose. We'll breathe, he said. These. He tried for a word that would explain to them. These containers hold an essence of air. We can take them with us and breathe. But the cold. You have tanned skins, haven't you? And gums. I can show you how to make us protective garments. Unless you'd rather stay here with Shawnock. Saul shivered a little. No, we'll try it. In all the hours that followed, while the women of the slaves worked with soft tanned skins and resinous gums, while Trevor labored over the clumsy helmets they must have. In all that time, Shannock was silent. Silent, but not gone. Trevor felt that shadow on his mind. He knew that Shannock was watching. Yet the last one made no attempt upon him. The slaves watched him, too. He saw the fear and hatred still in their eyes as they looked at the sunstone between his brows. And Jen watched him and said nothing, and he could read nothing at all in her face. Was she thinking of Hugh and how the hawks had come? By mid-afternoon they were ready. They started climbing slowly toward the passages that went up beyond the sky. He and Saul and Jan were three grotesque and shapeless figures in the three layered garments of skin that were crudely sealed with gum and the clumsy helmets that were padded out with cloth because there was no collar rest to hold them. Their faces were wrapped close, and they held the ends of the oxygen tubes in their mouths because no amount of ingenuity could make the helmet space tight. The evening shadow flowed upward from the valley floor as they climbed, and the men who had come to help them dropped back. These three went on, with Saul leading the way and Trevor last. And still, Shawnock had not spoken. The atmosphere slipped behind them. They were climbing into space now, tiny creatures clambering up an infinity of virgin rock, in the utter black between the blazing peaks above and the flaring lightnings of the evening storm below. Up and up toward the pass, toiling forward painfully with each other's help where no man could have made it alone, through a numbing and awful cold and silence. Three clumsy, dragging figures, up here above the sky itself, walking in the awfulness of infinity, 
where the rocks their feet dislodged rushed away as noiseless as a dream, where there was no sound, no light, no time. Trevor knew they must have reached the pass, for on both sides now there rose up the slopes that had never been touched by wind or rain or living root. He staggered on, and presently the ground began to drop and the way was easier. They had passed the crest, and the oxygen was almost gone. Downward now, stumbling, slipping, sliding, yearning toward the air below. And they were on the other side of the mountain, above the plain of rock that led to... And then, at last, Shannock laughed. Clever, he said. Oh, very clever to escape without a ship. But you will come back with a ship, and you will take me to the outside world, and I will reward you greatly. No, said Trevor in his mind. No, Shannock, if we make it, the sunstone comes out, and we'll come back for the slaves, not for you. No, Trevor. The gentle finality of that denial was coldly frightening. You are mine now. You surprised and tricked me once, but I know the trick now. Your whole mind is open to me. You cannot withstand me ever again. It was cold, cold in the darkness below the pass, and the chill went deep into Trevor's soul and froze it. Saul and Jan were below him now. "'stumbling down along the rock-strewn lip of a chasm "'into the thin high reaches of the air, "'into sound and life again. "'He saw them tear away their helmets. "'He followed them, pulling off his own, "'gasping the frigid breath into his starved lungs. "'Shannock said softly, "'We do not need them any longer. "'They would be a danger when you reach other men. "'Dispose of them, Trevor.' Trevor started a raging refusal, and then his mind was gripped by a great hand, shaken and turned and changed. His fury flowed away into blackness. But of course, he thought, there are many boulders, and I can topple them into the chasm so easily. He started toward a jagged stone mass, one that would quite neatly brush the two clumsy figures below him into the abyss. That's the way, Trevor, but quickly. Trevor knew that Shannock had spoken truth, and that this time he was conquered. No, I won't, he cried to himself, but it was only a weak echo from a fading willpower, a dying self. You will, Trevor, and now, they suspect. Saul and Jan had turned. Trevor's face, open now to the numbing cold which he could scarcely feel, must have told them everything. They started scrambling back up toward him. Only a short distance, but they would be too late. Trevor shrieked thinly, Look out! Shannock! He had his hands on it now. On the boulder he must roll to crush them. But there was another way. He was Shannock's while he lived, but there was a way to avoid again betraying Jen's people, and that way was to live no longer. He used the last of his dying will to pitch himself toward the brink of the chasm. Hundreds of feet below, a man could lie quiet on the rocks through all eternity. Trevor, no, no! Shannock's powerful command halted him as he swayed on the very edge, and then Jen's arm caught him from behind. He heard Saul's voice crying, thin and harsh in the upper air, 
Push him over. He's a Corin. You saw his face. Jan answered, No, he tried to kill himself for us. But Shanak has him, Saul cried out. Shanak had him, indeed, stamping down that final flicker of Trevor's revolt, fiercely commanding him. Slay the woman and the man. Trevor tried to. He was all Shanak's now. He tried earnestly with all his strength to kill them, but both the woman and the man had hold of him now. They were too strong for him, and he could not obey the last one as he wanted to. Tie his arms, Jan was shouting. We can take him, and he can't do us any harm. The anger of Shawnock flooded through Trevor, and he raged and struggled, and it was useless. Strips of hide secured his arms, and they were dragging him on down out of the mountains, and he could not obey. He could not. And then he felt the anger of Shawnock ebb away into a terrible hopelessness. Trevor felt his own consciousness going, and he went into the darkness bearing in his mind the echo of that last bitter cry. I am old, too old. End of section 19